G'day, welcome to Just In Case Law. My name is Tanya Chapman, I'm the host, and I am recovering from COVID. So if it sounds like I've swallowed some wire wool, well that's what it feels like, so um, apologies for the rough voice. Today we're going to look at the case of, it's called Application of Baldwin, it's a 2021 New South Wales Supreme Court decision, and it's about an executor suing on behalf of the estate. Sometimes after a person has died, the executors will step in to begin administrating the estate, and they might find that there isn't as much money in the estate as they had expected. On looking into it, they might find several questionable transactions which have drained the estate and may warrant legal proceedings to get those funds back. This is one such case that was heard before Justice Parker of the New South Wales Supreme Court. Denise Mullane died in July 2019. The executors of her estate are her goddaughter Stephanie and Stephanie's brother Peter. Denise's husband had died before her and she had no children. In fact, she had no immediate family. In her will, she left her estate to be divided between her friend Julian, her goddaughter Stephanie, and another friend Robert. Julian was to receive Denise's antiques, furniture, paintings, oriental rugs, and heirlooms, as well as 50% of of the residue of the estate. Stephanie was to receive 20% of the residue, Robert was to receive 20% of the residue, and the remaining 10% was to go to Guide Dogs New South Wales ACT. At her death, Denise's estate was worth about $2.1 As you can see, Julian is to receive the largest share of the estate. So who was Julian Field? Julian met Denise in about 2001, 18 years before her death. He works in IT and had a company called Lockdown Pty Limited, and that's Lockdown without the C, so L-O-K-D-O-W-N. In her life, Denise had been a Christian scientist. Christian science is a set of beliefs and practices associated with the members of the Church of Christ Scientist. It was founded in the 19th century by Mary Baker Eddy, who described it as a return to primitive Christianity and its lost element of healing. According to Wikipedia, followers of Christian science believe that reality is purely spiritual and that the material world an illusion. And this includes the view that disease is a mental error rather than physical disorder, and that the sick should be treated not by medicine, but by a form of prayer that seeks to correct the beliefs responsible for the illusion of ill health. The Church does not require that Christian scientists avoid medical care. Adherents use dentists, optometrists, obstetricians, physicians for broken bones, and vaccination when required by law. But it does maintain that Christian science prayer is most effective when not combined with medicine. Most controversially, The reliance on prayer and avoidance of medical treatment has been blamed for the deaths of several adherents and their children. Between the 1880s and 1990s, parents and others were prosecuted for, and in a few cases convicted of, manslaughter or neglect. That was a bit of a sidetrack, but I'm actually thinking if I could find some of those cases to cover, that might be interesting, but definitely off track there. Before she died, Denise had been a Christian scientist, 
and she had made substantial payments to Julian Field and his company Lockdown. She was paying Julian to establish and maintain a website for members of Christian Science Australia to post information about their activities. The website was called ChristianScienceAustralia.org Online Directory, which if you Google, you will find does not exist today. It was registered for an ABN from March 2018, but was last active in August 2020. After Denise's death, when her executors saw how much money she had paid Julian and his business, they believed that she had been grossly overcharged for the work he had done. They sought the advice of an independent computing expert who reported that the proper cost of establishing and setting up such a website would have been a fraction of the amounts paid, and that further, the site lacked security and was at times not operating. Uh, The executors started legal proceedings in November 2020. Their application was actually seeking advice from the court. They wanted to know if they would be justified in requiring Julian to repay those website payments back to the estate, or alternatively, whether they could take those payments out of his share of the estate. The payments were made over four years between June 2015 up until the month before Denise's death in July 2019 and totaled $438,000. That is $438,000 to set up and maintain the Christian Science Australia online directory website. Julian and his company were given notice of the legal proceedings and contested the claim. After some argy-bargy and legal wrangling, the executives reduced their claim and were now only seeking $409,000, and that might just have been due to lack of evidence to prove the full extent of the funds, so they may have reduced it uh, to what they had the best evidence to prove. Julian made a cross-claim against the executors, claiming maladministration of the estate, that the executors were at fault for making this court application to begin with, which he referred to as prosecuting baseless claims against him in an effort to diminish the gifts to which he was entitled. He also accused them of failing to provide a copy of accounts when requested, of failing to administer the estate in a timely manner, and unnecessarily delaying payment to beneficiaries. For all their wrongdoing, Julian argued that Stephanie and Peter should be removed as executors, and in their place, Julian said that he should be appointed as executor. He also wanted the executors to refund the estate monies that was misapplied on legal cost. Let's dive into the court case. Julian Field denied that he exploited Denise. But the role of this court was not to decide whether Julian had to repay the money to the estate or not. The role of this court was to advise the executors on whether they could initiate proceedings against Julian. So let me just remind you, the executors are just applying to the court for advice. They're saying, look, we're the executors, we want to sue this guy, we think he's done dirty. But as executors... Would we be right to do that? Obviously, because any legal action they take is at the cost of the estate. And the court is just being asked to answer that question. Counsel advising the court advised that the executor's case did have a substantial probability of success. 
It was not as if the executors were wanting to wage a pointless battle at the estate's expense. Council also identified further action that could be taken against Julian in relation to $71,000 that Denise had provided to him for legal services. As Julian has no legal qualifications, it was unclear what legal services these payments were for. Justice Parker gave authorization for the executors to not only pursue the website payments, but also the legal services payments. There was a complication in that 150000 was paid to a bank account where it wasn't clear who the legal owner of the bank account was, and Justice Parker noted that this also was worth further investigation. In relation to the cross-claim, to Julian's accusations of maladministration of the estate, basically saying that the executors, by even making this application to the court, were breaching their duties to the estate. Well, the court noted in passing that the executors may want to make an application for the cross-claim to be deferred until the claims against Julian have been determined. So, basically, Julian's accusations against them really depend on whether they have a clear case against Julian. So once that is determined, then they can address that cross-claim. The orders were that the executors were justified in taking all reasonable steps to pursue claims against Julian Field and Lockdown PTY Limited to recover the payments. Unfortunately, that's where our story ends. I wasn't able to find any follow-up court judgments relating to the estate and can only assume that the executors and Julian reached some kind of settlement. Just as an interesting side note, even if the executors were successful in getting money back from Julian, um, maybe even all of that $409,000, even if they were successful in getting that back into the estate, it would increase the size of the estate, but it didn't change the terms of the will. The will still lets 50% of the estate go to Julian which ultimately would mean that half the money recovered will still flow back to him, which is always an interesting factor in these cases where you're looking at misappropriation of funds or fraudulently acquired funds when paid back to the estate. If there's still nothing wrong with that will, that person still can inherit their share under the will. Any lessons from this case? Well, executors may be able to take legal action to recover money spent by the deceased while they were alive. That is a a good thing that executors are able to do, especially if fraudulent or deceiving activity, suspicious transactions aren't identified till after death. The executors can still take that legal action and in a lot of situations they have an obligation to because they have an obligation to Um, bring in all the assets of the estate, which can include a legal claim that the estate may have. In particular, if they can show that the deceased didn't get value for money or what they paid for, like in this case, there may be legal action they can take. And probably something um, that a lot of people didn't know is that executors could apply to the court in this nature to even say, can we do this? Is this legal action that we can take and not be personally liable, even if it's unsuccessful. 
So it's a good thing for executives to know. And it's probably a good warning for people who think that they can get away with something if the victim of their crime dies. Not necessarily the case. That's it. Uh, It was a nice little short one, but as I said, I'm recovering from COVID, so probably all I've got the energy for. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode.